the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. <laughs> I cannot do it. I cannot play that. I can't not play that again and again and again. As if one gaff is better than the last. It is simply hysterical. And every time he opens his mouth and reveals his early onset dementia or his just complete and utter ignorance of 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 basic sentence structure grammar. And I don't know, recall, um, he's picking up new endorsements. Ah, I'm going to fumble and bumble through Super Thursday. Uh, Pete, I'm in. Ah, old men are created you know, by the thing. Uh, Amy, I'm in. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, I'm in. Oh, my goodness. Hour number two underway now. Ten minutes after ten on this third morning of the third month of the year of our Lord 2020. It is Super Tuesday. All Tuesdays are super when you have Peter Kirshnow on the program. Peter Kirshnow, of course, a Cleveland attorney, member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. Back with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Hey, Pete, how are you? Doing great, Bob. 23 days to opening day. I'm really interested in seeing if Brad Zimmer breaks camp. And also, Bobby Bradley. Latter, I doubt, but, you know, we haven't seen Zimmer in a couple of years. Uh, I, you're right, um, but I would bet he still speaks better than Joe Biden does. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Uh, I don't know if Zimmer can hit on the major league level or not, but I know Joe Biden cannot speak on a major league level. Um, Pete, uh, the the gaffes are one thing; the policies are another. But do you see what I see, and that is that the uh, the DNC has promised something. Maybe Mike Bloomberg promised a whole lot of somethings, little uh, green rectangles, um, that would influence Pete Buttigieg 
and uh, Amy Klobuchar to get out of the race before Super Tuesday and immediately endorse Joe Biden. I, I can't imagine them doing that on their own unless there were some strong incentives. Um, but this is how desperate that the DNC and the Democrats as a whole are to stop Bernie Sanders from winning their nomination. They'll do whatever they have to to get everybody to coalesce around Biden. Or am I reading too much into it? No, I don't think you are. I think this was something that was probably evident uh, a number of weeks ago. The the Democrats are apoplectic about a Bernie Sanders nomination. They understand that Bernie Sanders may have the most energy in the party, but downstream, uh, they're going to get wiped out big time. And there's no sugarcoating it. This is not something that is the subject of speculation. He has extremely passionate followers but it stops there. And it's not a small cohort of followers either. But the problem for the Democrats is Bernie Sanders cannot beat Donald Trump unless something like the coronavirus causes the economy to, to tank. And I, I don't think even that would cause Donald Trump to lose because I think most people have factored in uh, the um, implications of coronavirus. They know that that's not the president's problem. And they understand that the coronavirus is probably something that is of a temporary uh, import with respect to the economy. So the hot economy of the last three years will resume again after we've reconciled ourselves with coronavirus. And I don't think the coronavirus will end up being that big a deal. Uh, I mean, look, it's it's something that should be soberly addressed, but I don't think it's going to have a major effect on the economy. Yesterday, the, the Dow went back up again. When I last looked at it uh, this morning, it was down a little bit. Let me see if it's uh, gotten any better. Also this morning, Pete, um, yeah, I don't know if you saw up. 10 minutes. It's back up against 70. I don't know if you saw this 10 minutes ago. The Fed agreed to uh, cut the rate by a half point. Yeah, I hadn't seen that, but yeah, it was down. The Dow was down at about uh, 160 just about an hour ago or, or a half hour ago, and now it's up 70. So that must have been the impact of that. So bottom line is, I think that the Democrats, to answer your question, um, a number of phone calls were made. Uh, they, you know, promises are made. These are the kind of deals that are struck. Buttigieg is 37 years old. He's got a long career ahead of him. They said, look, you know, there's a, there's a plum in it for you if you drop out now. Endorse Biden. Same with Klobuchar, who had no chance whatsoever. A little uh, peculiar that you would drop out just before the Minnesota uh, primary, although I don't even think she had a chance of, of winning that, and that would have been an embarrassment. So they're concerned. Uh, Bernie Sanders at the top of the ticket means without question, without question, GOP takes over the House and probably expands in the Senate. You can tell just listening to your average Democratic voter that they're very, very, very concerned about a Bernie Sanders ticket. Again, generates a lot of passion, but also the most carnage. Biden, you, you talk to almost anybody who's going to vote for Biden. It's one of these things where, yeah, well, you know, what else are we going to do? Um, it's it's really extraordinary, the position they've placed themselves in, but they deserve to be in this place. And the, and the thing is also, Bob, and I don't mean to be filibustering, is that I think that the media has done Trump a heck of a lot of favors. Because the media and Democrats, but I repeat myself, have taken so many failed shots at Trump, and they were transparently false shots, some of the most egregious misrepresentations imaginable, that now they've so beclowned themselves that most people don't take them seriously anymore. And that's a problem from a broader perspective, because we need a credible media in times when you do have a serious virus or uh, in times of war. But they've discredited themselves irretrievably, at least for 
the moment. And I don't know how they dig themselves back out of the hole, maybe in a subsequent presidency. But boy, oh boy, uh, the, the attacks they have on Trump now help him. Almost immediately when they said that Trump called the virus a hoax, for example, people discounted it. They knew they were lying about it. It's truly an amazing thing to watch now, and they still haven't figured it out, meaning the media. The media hasn't figured out that nobody takes them seriously anymore. Pete, that's a great point. Uh, and we can talk about the media crumbling right before our very eyes in a moment, but I want to go back to the, to the Bernie question. Um, President Trump is doing some outsized work, I think, trying to campaign for Bernie Sanders because he knows pretty much everything that you said. I think he sees a Bernie candidacy or a Bernie nomination as being an easy path to victory because if given a referendum between capitalism, free markets, liberty, and uh, government control, oppression, and and uh, you know and and censorship uh, of Bernie and socialism, I think it's an easy win. And as you said, it's an easy uh, way to take back control of the House and strengthen. The hold on the Senate and all the rest. Is he is he going overboard though? I don't know. I know you don't tweet, and you're smart for that, and for a lot of other reasons. But he really is out there trumpeting Bernie Sanders to the point that uh, somebody asked Sanders on the campaign trail, and he said, "I reject any help from Donald Trump because he knows that Trump is trying to get him uh, get him nominated uh, because it's an easy win there." Should, should the president just sit back and let this thing play out uh, at the risk of generating? in reverse, more support for Biden, who would be a more formidable opponent. Um, You know what? I learned uh, back in November of 2016 to never discount Trump's political instincts and let Trump be Trump. Uh, The guy is a... I'm just not an exaggeration. I truly believe this, having studied this for a long time, not just Trump, but uh, politics generally, is I think he's a political genius. I think he has one of those inherent qualities that come across maybe once every couple of lifetimes with respect to political uh, instincts. So if he wants to run against Bernie Sanders, I think that that's a a smart thing to do, and I think it probably will end up, yeah, it'll probably generate a few more votes for for Biden, but I don't think that it's going to be enough to tip the scales. We'll know definitively, I think, by the end of the day today, who the most likely nominee is, because I think it will be... What's your crystal ball telling you, Pete, about today? I think think Bernie Sanders... Yeah, my crystal ball says Sanders continues to have the overall momentum, despite South Carolina and Biden's win there. Uh, He's still significantly ahead in California. That's the big enchilada. If he takes that, I think it's going to be extremely difficult to blunt his momentum. Biden will get some of the other states that are similar demographically uh, to South Carolina, such as Alabama, possibly Arkansas, um, maybe another state or two, possibly North Carolina, for example. And I think that Texas is going to could be close based on current polling between Biden and Sanders. But Sanders is well ahead in California. That's the big one right there. Colorado, he won that last time, I believe. Uh, Maine, he also won that one last time. He's going to win that one. Massachusetts, it's an embarrassment for um, uh, uh, Warren that Sanders will probably beat her there. Uh, Minnesota, Klobuchar's endorsement of Biden should help a little bit there. And plus, Klobuchar is closer to Biden ideology. Easy for me to say. Ideologically (laughs) than than Sanders is. But uh, the DFL, the the Democratic Farm Labor uh, Party there, is pretty strong and pretty left. Oklahoma is probably going to be Bloomberg. Uh, Another Tennessee, I think, probably goes Biden. Texas, 
very close. Biden was ahead, but I think um, Sanders, I think, is taking the lead again there. And then you've got... Well, let me interrupt to ask you this, Pete. Let me interrupt because we're short on time here before the break. And let me ask you this. What you're describing sounds like Bernie wins a majority, but not the majority. In other words, he'll win the most delegates today, but he's he's probably not going to have the 19... What is it? 1991 that he needs? Yeah, 1991 to, is the figure. Right, Yeah, exactly. to go into the convention and actually win, which then brings, of course, if he doesn't have that, uh, you know, it brings the superdelegates into play, and we know what happened last time. Boy, oh boy, that, I mean, (laughs) there is no easy out for the Democratic Party, but they deserve it. They've placed themselves (laughs) in this position. If they continue to try the naked maneuvering that we're seeing right now to oust Bernie Sanders, the Bernie bros are going to go crazy. I I can tell you this, just as an aside, Bob, you know, over the years, I've written about a number of different individuals who have, or at least their campaigns and their policy positions, who've run for president. And on occasion, uh, I'll get an email back or a nasty comment or a favorable comment back from somebody who has a dog in the fight. Uh, about a week ago, for the first time, I wrote something specifically about Bernie Sanders. And within minutes, I got a number of emails from Bernie bros that were just absolutely livid, uh, which told me a couple things. Number one is they're organized because uh, what I wrote was on NRO, and I doubt that Bernie bros typically read NRO, but they probably got an alert. Number two is that they respond immediately, and these were not programmatic responses. So that kind of dynamic is going to play out at the convention if they try to deprive Bernie once again. Peter Kersenau with us. We're going to come back uh, after this short timeout. One segment to go with Kersenau. And if I did not mention it, the reason we're not going three segments with Kersenau today is Jim Jordan joins us at 1035. Stay here, AM 1420. All right, 1023. I've got about six and a half minutes uh, left with Peter Kersenau. Let's take advantage of it. Pete, you started talking about the coronavirus uh, and talking a little bit about what the media tried to do. Let's talk about what the Democrats tried to do to Donald Trump regarding uh, the politicization of the coronavirus. We have a crisis of coronavirus, and President Trump has no plan. What, what he's doing is late, too late, anemic. Mr. Trump is late. As soon as this virus started cropping up elsewhere in the world, we should have been on top of it. Pete, that's just the first 20 seconds or so of about a minute and a half of attacks. Um, the president was the very first one in the United States to act. He immediately ordered travel restrictions from China, where this entire thing was born. When they found out it was being spread in large numbers to a few other countries, he said travel restrictions from there as well. We don't want them coming into the United States. He literally was on top of, top of it before anyone else. The CDC, working, of course, in the federal government, had a 52-page plan outlined almost immediately, and yet they still said he didn't do enough. Uh, and in fact, the New York Times, you probably saw over the weekend, wanted to rename the coronavirus the Trump virus. They're literally trying to blame Donald Trump for the spread of an infectious disease that began in a foreign country. Right, and they also claimed that his ban was xenophobic and racist and all the other things yes. we typically hear. And as I said at the Anti-immigrant. outset, Bob, yeah, right. And, you know, we, we've talked about this, you and I, Bob, a million times. I do think that the Democratic playbook right now consists of just a couple of things. The most prominent thing is identity politics and, the com- and immediate resort to 
claims or accusations of racism and xenophobia and bigotry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But as I said a couple of moments ago, I think that that has diminishing returns, if not completely exhausted returns right now. And I know you have your finger on the pulse of this better than almost anybody, but I think people out there, and of course, we're, you're talking mainly to conservative-leaning listeners, but right. people out there have already factored in the, the media falsehoods and the, the kind of accusations that we've become used to from Democrats in the media. But again, I repeat myself, during the age of Trump, they have said so many things about him, and they're big shots, such as trying to take him out with Russiagate and Mueller, trying to take him out with Ukraine and impeachment, have failed miserably, that even the most partisan folks understand that almost everything that comes out of the media's mouth is probably going to be false, but they'll tolerate it because they want that type of emotional uh, satisfaction they get out of attacking Trump, and also this uh, unmerited hope, one that is almost futile at this point, that on the margins maybe some of these continued attacks will affect people. I don't think they are. I think people have been become so inured to this that it actually has a boomerang effect. I've seen just in the media, and yeah, you're right, I'm not on Twitter, but I saw some Twitter threads that were posted on, on another site. I don't remember where it was, but they were from liberals who were already acknowledging that these attacks aren't going to have any kind of effect on Donald Trump. He is truly the Teflon president, but not because of anything he has done other than implement virtually every single promise he's ever made, but because, again, the overreach on the part of the media and the Democrats, but I repeat myself. Pete, uh, let me, uh, in the time that we have left, I want to ask you about potential running mates. Um, I kind of felt like when Buttigieg dropped uh, and immediately endorsed Biden uh, that, that he's angling for the bottom on that ticket. Um, and, and, you know, I've said this for a while. He's, of course, trying to run Barack Obama's identity playbook. You know, the whole first black president, if you criticize me and don't vote for me, you're racist. Well, if you don't vote for me, you're, anti, you're homophobic, et cetera. And I think Biden could make some hay with that. I feel like as soon as today is over and Elizabeth Warren gets destroyed uh, all over, across the country, that she's got to be Bernie Sanders' number one choice. I don't. I'm trying to think who would want to run as the number two on a Bernie Sanders ticket other than AOC, and she can't because she's only 30 years old. Who wants to be on the bottom of that ticket and potentially ascend? Remember, Bernie's not the healthiest guy; had a heart attack, and potentially ascend other than somebody like Liz Warren, who shares the same free everything socialist ideology that Bernie does. What are your thoughts? I, I agree with you entirely. I wish I could be a little bit more controversial with you, Bob, but the fact of the matter is that you're spot on. The fact, I, I do believe that one of the reasons why Sanders, I'm strike that, Warren has withheld her fire against Sanders and has gone against Bloomberg instead is because she wanted to preserve her viability with Sanders supporters in case she wanted to be vice president. I think that's precisely the case. And you're right, they're ideologically aligned to a large extent. Uh, Warren and Biden are, you know, at opposites, at least in terms of uh, the, the spectrum that liberalism exists on. As far as Buttigieg is concerned, I think that the powers to be in the Democratic Party probably think it's too soon for him, both in terms of age and also they looked at what happened in South Carolina, where uh, he got virtually none of the black vote. The black vote is essential to the Democratic Party. If Democrats lose just a couple percentage points of their usual cohort of black voters, they're dead. 
they can't win. And I think the, the smarter folks are looking at the demographics of that and saying a Buttigieg on the ticket is not going to be definitive, of course. People are going to vote right. for the top of the ticket, but it could have enough of a downstream effect that they can't take that that risk at this point but who knows but Maybe biden the panders so say, much to black voters biden has been successful in pandering to black voters obviously look at south carolina as an example right. but really throughout his career I, I almost wonder if hey we've got the black vote locked up if we nominate joe now we need to get another identity group and the lgbtq community is growing as a massive massive uh, political power yeah, but it's still a small slice of the actual voting population, and they've got that group to a large extent already. The problem with with them is Donald Trump, and we could talk about this at a later time. I've written about it for a National Review. I've, I've talked about this on Tucker. People under the radar better be paying attention to this. If you're a Democrat, red lights should be going off and flashing because Donald Trump is making the most vigorous attempt to get black voters for Republicans ever done by a Republican president or presidential candidate, and it will yield returns, especially when you have a kind of, uh, <laughs> when you look at the Democratic ticket, and it's not, you know, the most attractive ticket around, regardless of who finally makes the final two. So they've got to be very concerned. If they lose just a couple percent of the black vote, they have absolutely no chance of winning. Maybe they've made yeah. the calculation that this year they can't beat Trump, but the problem is down-ticket races. They still need the black vote for Congress, for the Senate. And if they don't have an appealing ticket um, at the top of the ticket uh, that draws enough blacks and thwarts or blunts Trump's outreach, they're going to have down-ticket concerns. Peter Kersenow, brilliant as always. Read his work at nationalreview.com. He does not tweet. He does not Facebook. He's smarter than the rest of us. So you got to hunt him down at nationalreview.com. Peter Kersenow, thank you, my friend. See you later, Bob. You got it. Uh, coming up, it's 1030 News Time. Coming up, uh, Jim Jordan, Congressman, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative, joins us next on AM 1420 DS. Turn on that old love light. Turn it maybe to yes. Ten thirty-six. We continue now on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thanks so much for being with us. Look, tomorrow's Superstar Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. Uh, what what day is it again? Three thousand nine hundred of them, right here in the state of North South Carolina. Yeah, I love North South Carolina. They got great beaches there. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by. Go, you know the you know the thing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, your new front runner for the Democratic nomination for president of the United States will know by the end of the day. It is Super Thursday or Tuesday or something. Joining us now is uh, Ohio's fourth uh, district uh, congressional representative. That makes him my congressman, Jim Jordan. Congressman, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Actually, that you know, there's he, he messes up so many times. I kind of it, it, it frankly reminds me of. Um, of when when FBI director former FBI director Mueller came and testified uh, last spring, it just you, you just wonder, you know. That's a great comparison. I, we did. We wondered if his mental faculties were yeah. all there. If something was off, maybe he was having you know sick a little bit under the weather, yeah. wasn't thinking clearly. But this is a daily. This is not a one time before Congress 
the way you, yeah. you talk about with Mo. This is a daily with Joe Biden, and I, I got to tell you, and I know it sounds just terrible but when I say this, but I think a lot of people are rightly concerned uh, as to whether or not they are throwing this you know, senior citizen guy who just doesn't seem to always know where he is or what he's doing, what he's running for, up there as the only hope that they have to stop a socialist from being their standard bearer in their party. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, look. I, I feel I feel bad for I felt bad for Bob Mueller, frankly, at mm-hmm. that moment. I, and I, I feel bad for the, for the former vice president as, as, as well. Uh, the, the bottom line is, I, I don't think it matters, frankly, who the Democrats nominate. Uh, we talked about this, I think, last week. Uh, I think President Trump has done such an outstanding job, um, and is 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 the guy who's doing what he said he was going to do, which so many Americans appreciate. I think it doesn't matter who they put up; he's going to win, and I think there's a good chance he wins big. Bernie was cruising, though. Uh, you know, he won in mm-hmm. Iowa, he won in uh, New Hampshire, and he won in Nevada big, and Joe Biden's campaign was pretty much dead in the water. We weren't even talking. We were talking about the new polling uh, dynamic being yep. Bernie and then Bloomberg and then Buttigieg, uh, and Biden was somewhere around fourth place, uh, tr- you know, in that area with Elizabeth Warren. And then suddenly he wins in uh, uh, in uh, South Carolina, and Buttigieg drops out. I'm with Biden. Klobuchar drops out. I'm with Biden. Beto O'Rourke, who already dropped out, I'm with Biden. It looks like there is a yep. very coordinated effort here by the DNC to say somebody's got to stop Bernie again, even if it is this guy who is oh, yeah. ne- not necessarily all there all the time. It shouldn't surprise us. They did it four years ago. I mean, they did the same thing to him in, in, uh, four years ago and made sure it was uh, Clinton. That didn't work out too well for him, even though everyone in the world was predicting that Clinton was going to win. The president, uh, as we all know, uh, won, that, won that election. And I think, again, they can do what they want, and there looks like they're going to try to do everything possible to make sure it's not Bernie. Um but it's still going to be in the end on November 3rd, 2020. Uh, Donald Trump is going to get reelected, I believe. So they can they can keep doing it. Frankly, uh, from a purely political standpoint, uh, we Republicans sort of like the turmoil that that's happening on the Democrat side. I mean, you know, they've had they've had problem after problem. Uh, you can just start with the Iowa caucuses; they couldn't even count the votes. So um, that that's that's just what it is. I don't think it matters. It's going to be President Trump for a second term, and that's what's good for the country. And I think. Uh, the, the the majority of Americans understand that, and that's why he's going to win. Um, you mentioned President Trump doing so well, and you're very confident that he's going to win. I am too, but they're doing everything they can to take the uh, uh, the momentum away from him, the momentum of a great economy, including the rebound, by the way, by the Dow yesterday. The Fed cut the yep. uh, prime rate by a half point this morning, which yep. will be another shot in the arm for the economy, which he was the president was pushing for. So they're looking for something to take him down with, and they've chosen the coronavirus. We have a crisis of coronavirus, and President Trump has no plan. What what he's doing is late, too late, anemic. Mr. Trump is late. As soon as this virus started cropping up elsewhere in the world, we should have been on top of it. Do you? What, what more could the president have done when this thing was right. still confined to the Hunan province in China to say, by the way, we're restricting travel from China? Not to be mean, but we're not taking any chances here. They, the, Chuck Schumer, among others, called that anti-immigrant. How dare you try no, to make this preemptive mood and not move? And now they're saying he didn't do anything fast enough. Look, look, the mainstream press and the Democrat Party are one and the same. They're going to criticize this president every single day. Most Americans have, have, uh, have understood this. They figured it out. They, 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 uh, they agree with the president when he calls the mainstream press fake news. So they don't buy this stuff. And the Democrats, they keep trying. They got, they got, one, they got one play they run, and it's attack the president. And they'll figure out whatever the latest thing is, and they're going to attack the president. On. That, that's just how they operate. I, I remember way back when I was a kid watching um, 
you know, when Ohio State would go play USC in the Rose Bowl, the USC always ran student body right, student body left, the pitch sweep. And, and it was like, that's the Democrats. They always run the same play, student body right. It's the same play. Criticize the president. Um, go after him on first on one side of the issue, then the other side. It doesn't matter. They just constantly criticize the president and the mainstream press. Um, amplifies that and talks about it because they're, as I said, one and the same. It's not going to matter. The people have figured out the news is fake. They figured out that this president's getting done what he said he was going to do. And um, and you're right. He is he is he's doing uh, when it, when we first heard about it. Restricting travel was the right move, and Chuck Schumer criticized that. So they're going to criticize everything. We just got to stay focused on doing what's well, best for the country. One of the biggest things they criticized was the $2.5 million outlay for research on the coronavirus and the fact they were moving money that was sitting there not used uh, from the Ebola crisis to do this. Uh, and that today I'm hearing that, that Congress is, is looking to for a $7.5 million outlay. I guess I'd, I kind of wonder at times like this, Congressman, what difference does it make? I mean, are we suggesting that the CDC, if they're just days away from finding the vaccine, but we just ran out of money, doggone that Trump, as if we wouldn't just say, finish your work. Well, yes, of course, yeah, of we'll course. pay for it. Of I mean, course. what's the point of all yeah. of this? Yeah, no, it's, it's all political and not, it's not about, you know, what's common sense, what's, what's just good policy. It's all driven by politics. And if, and if, you know, if the, you know, the bigger the number, it means you care more, I guess. No, let's do the right number to to address the problem, to get to any supplies we need, if there's masks we need, if there's things we need for for the for our healthcare workers who are the critical care people, whatever we need, and, and also to find uh, the, the the vaccine to this virus. Let's let's focus on that. And if there's resources needed, then everyone's for that. But don't just talk about oh, we got to have more, 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 because then the Democrats can pound their chest and act like Tarzan and say they care more than someone else. No, let's just do the right thing. And the president was doing the right thing, and he got criticized for that a few weeks ago. So um, it's frustrating, but again, I come back to uh, the American people are smart. Your listeners are smart. They see through this whole thing. They understand what's going on, uh, I, as I think most of, most of the American people do. Yeah, I think it reached um, uh, a new low when uh, Vice President uh, Pence was praying with some of the team that he was working with for the uh, for the families yeah. of those who lost their lives and for those who are still sick with the virus, saying a prayer for their well being. You know, before they got to work on on obviously, you know, uh, the, the medical procedures necessary to continue right. research. Uh, and they and they criticized them and, and said that uh, this is the Republicans' answer. To, well, we don't have any belief in science. We'll just pray that God will make it go away. Oh, no, they like were praying the, for the families of people yeah. who lost their lives for crying out loud, and that yeah. apparently is bad. Yeah, and and like you know, you can do both. You can you can be working on the science and making sure we do everything we can to figure out how to cure this and deal with this. But at the same time, pray for families. Pray pray that we will get to a solution. That the power of prayer is important, and it's like. Ah, that just drives me crazy when it's it, every single move that conservatives make, every single move that the president, the vice president makes, that the left is going to criticize it. But remember this: this is the, the, the left today. The left today, they applaud Kaepernick when he disrespects the flag. They cheer on 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 Governor Cuomo when he made the comment that he said America was never that great. They embrace Maxine Waters when she says, "Go out and get in the face of any person who supports the president or is in his cabinet." And you tell them they're not welcome anywhere anymore. That's today's left. So it shouldn't surprise us when they say they don't want us to pray either. 
Congressman Jim Jordan joining us on AM 1420. The answer, there's a meeting today, I understand, on FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, and the FISA yeah. court abuses. Uh, long There have been uh, long calls for reform uh, of the FISA court, especially after uh, what happened in the 2016 election as it pertains to the spying on Team Trump, et cetera, and uh, its its prominent role in the, in the Russian investigation. What's going on at the White House today? I understand you will be there. Yeah, there's there, well, there's two important things that I think need to happen. Um, a, a, we have to reform the FISA process. We've talked about this many times. When you have uh, the FBI go to the uh, and, and launch an investigation and spy on four American citizens associated with the presidential campaign, and then to further spy on the campaign, they go to the FISA court and lie to the court 17 times to get a warrant to spy on the camp, uh, Carter Page and the Trump campaign uh, w- with surveillance techniques. When, when all that happens, you would better reform this process because we're talking about American citizens. And so we, we, we've got some legislation that we think is appropriate. It, it sets up what we call a strong amicus process where you actually have an advocate at the court representing the interest of the American citizen um, in, those, in those proceedings. So that's critically important. And the second important thing is we need John Ratcliffe to get confirmed as the next director of national intelligence. He is the right pick that the president put forward. I hope the Senate confirms him. I hope it, I hope it happens quickly. John Ratcliffe, when everyone else, when, when, when Adam Schiff and Mr. Comey were saying the FISA process was fine, John Ratcliffe and a handful of us were saying, no, it's not. And guess what? We were right because the inspector general said it. Not, not what we said, what the inspector general said. He's the one who told us they lied to the court 17 times. Um, John Ratcliffe understood that ahead of time, and he's the right guy for that job. I agree on Ratcliffe. I have to ask you about our Attorney General. I, I am a big fan of William Barr. I have been from, mm-hmm. uh, the, from the beginning when he replaced Jeff Sessions, and I love a lot of the things that he has done. However, as it pertains to the FISA court, um, you know, the President of the United States has been victimized. Uh, uh, members of his team have been victimized uh, by these illegal and unethical processes, and yet nothing is being done. Criminal, criminal referral against Comey. And Bill Barr wouldn't do anything. Uh, criminal referral against Andrew McCabe, same thing, he walks. I think, you know, every time you and I talk, and I know you talk to a lot of people about this, yeah. when are people going to be going to jail? When are they going to be held accountable? Yeah. We keep saying, watch Bill Barr work, and sadly, it's kind of the same way it has been. You know, the, the wonderful Attorney General is just not, not pulling the trigger on yeah. any of these guys. What are we, what are we waiting yeah. for, and who can we put faith in, uh, Congressman? Well, uh, I like you have been impressed with with uh, the attorney general. I think he's I think he's done his job uh, well. Uh, I disagree with him slightly on this on this FISA reform based on what we his comments last week and we we talked about that. Um, and look, we've said this many times. I think right now we still have to just wait. Now, if John Durham comes back and they do not um, prosecute people who I think have 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 done wrong, uh, then that'll be a concern. But I think we have to have to give the attorney general until this summer when Mr. Durham completes his investigation. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. But right now, the FISA the FISA bill is reauthorization is in front of us, and the John Ratcliffe uh, nomination is in front of us. Those two things have to have to be done right. Ratcliffe needs to be confirmed, and we need uh, we need reform to this process. Uh, for, for example, if you're going to one of the, one of the provisions we have in our bill, just an added safeguard says this. If you're going to investigate a candidate, an elected official, or a senior staffer who's part of that campaign um, or, or works for that elected official, then you need the attorney general himself or herself to sign off on any application going to the court. And then when it's at the court, you need, as I described earlier, that citizen advocate representing the interest of the American citizen who's, who's in a proceeding now where they're going to take away their fundamental liberty. So th- those are just two safeguards that should, should just be natural. 
I mean, we're not even talking about a probable cause standard, which, frankly, I, I believe should be the standard of the court. That, that We're not even talking about advocating for that. We're just talking about those, those two kind of basic things that will be some additional safeguards. That should be that should be reform everyone agrees with. But, unfortunately, the Democrats aren't going to go for it, it looks like. Schiff and, and, and Pelosi and Nadler don't want to go there. So that's my concern. So we're, we're going to continue to push, and we'll see what happens. Last thing, Congressman, uh, a lot of us, some of what we're talking about right now, we also talked about as it pertained to Hillary Clinton and the FBI's investigation of her email server crimes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm not saying that she's going to be fitted for a jumpsuit anytime soon, but uh, any reason for optimism that we are moving beyond our two-tiered system of justice, the fact that she must sit before a sworn deposition before a federal judge who does not like the answers that she gave uh, as it pertained to to all of those uh, potential Well, not even Potential. James Comey said that there were all kinds of misconduct and crimes, but he just decided I wouldn't prosecute her for it. Yeah, no, no. I uh, well, well, good question because she needs to sit down for this because you know they destroyed thirty thousand emails. Uh, uh, the, the judge says you're going to sit for a deposition because we didn't get the trade scoop from you. And look, we're not even getting into Benghazi, but never forget what happened that night at ten oh eight that night, while Tyrone Woods is still on the roof of the annex building in Benghazi, Libya, fighting for his life, protecting his fellow citizens. She put out a statement saying. Some have sought to justify this behavior as a, as a response to vicious, uh, uh, this vicious behavior as a response to uh, a video. She was blaming it on a video while the attack was still happening, and we know that she knew that was not accurate. So she was misleading the American people during that attack, let alone the whole idea that she misled the American people about her private email server and never, never having these records kept by the government. So I, I definitely want her to sit down and answer questions. And as you said, this, this could be maybe a step at least for this this idea that we're getting away from this double standard of, of, of justice in the country. Congressman Jim Jordan laying it out for us as only he can. Thanks so much for the good, good work. Good luck at the uh, White House meeting today on FISA. We need reforms, and I Great. trust you'll stand up for the right things as you always do. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Bob. Take care, bye. Congressman Jim Jordan, AM 1420, The Answer. It's 1051. Final segment is coming, and it will be filled with your phone calls until 11 o'clock on AM 1420. All right, final segment of the broadcast. Let's get a few more phone calls in before we turn it over to Mike Gallagher on AM 1420. The answer, TJ, is waiting in Cleveland. TJ, go ahead. TJ's not on. Update here. Sorry. Let's go to Marcus in Medina. Hey, Marcus, you are on AM 1420. The answer. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. Uh, earlier this morning, you were sort of questioning if you were playing the Biden gas too much. And I just want to let you know, never stop playing them. It's never not funny. It never won't be funny. I almost want to suggest that you add it to the opening of the show, but we could never preempt President Reagan. That would be a sin. But, uh, yeah, it's never not you, funny. You know Don't what's stop. weird about it? I, I'm with you, Marcus. Um, I, I do feel this little bit of gnawing guilt, though, at me. It's kind of like what Jim Jordan said. You know, I kind of feel sorry for the former vice president because it's really bad. It's really embarrassing. I don't know if he's got a health condition. Maybe he's got a mental condition of some sort that's causing this. So you kind of don't want to make fun of him because we're above that. But like you said, they're just funny. How do you, they're just funny. And he just keeps on doing them. He keeps on delivering. We hold these truths to be self-evident. <laughs> All men and women created by go, you know the You know the thing. You wouldn't laugh at a guy with a walker who fell down, you know, an old man with a walker who fell down. So you shouldn't laugh at a guy whose verbal collapses are as frequent as they are. But, man, it's, it's really, it really is entertaining, you have to admit. That's true. And then re- real quick, I think all the dark 
money is going into Warren, dark Democrat voters, to help her run um, Bernie off the road before the convention. Wait, she's, she's, say that again? Say she's that again. The, she, the, War, Warren is the crash car for the Democrats to get Bernie out of it. There's going to be dark Democrat money donations that are going to keep her campaign going, keep her in mm. it. And like I said, she's the crash car to keep Sanders I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I don't know that after today's performances, which I think will be very similar to what she did in the, the first four, I don't know where the money's coming from. If there is dark money, if there is somebody that is just trying to, like you said, keep uh, keep somebody there to check Bernie, I get it. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like she's going to drop, and I feel like she's going to say, hey, Bernie, you don't have a ton of options here. I don't know who you plan to run with, but not too many people believe in the same things that you do. The vast majority of the Democrats are out to get you and out to stop you. I am here to strengthen you. Let's do this together. And all I ask in return is four years from now, if you can't go for more, you know, it's my turn. And uh, I don't know. That's just how that's it. Because I just don't see too many other socialists or people in the Democrat Party willing to say, yes, I'm for a socialist. I want to be his number two. You know, well, I mean, I don't want to see anybody get hurt or property destroyed or anything like that. But maybe we'll get a repeat of the 68 convention. And uh, we all know what that led to. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great point. Uh, Marcus, thanks for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. I'm going to go to Grafton. Ron, on AM 1420, the answer. Ron, only got 40 seconds, but they're yours. I'll be as quick as I can. Yes, sir. Um, first of all, I I like to make a little bit of a prediction. I don't think Bernie's going to make it, and Biden, and I think there's going to be a brokered uh, campaign. And I think what's going to happen, I think the Democrats are plotting and conniving simply because of the thing with Kobachar and Buttigieg. And I think well, there's no doubt of that, uh, Ron. I've, I've got to cut you there, my friend, because I'm out of time. But there's no doubt about that. Yeah, they are conniving and they are plotting to stop Bernie Sanders. And if they get to a brokered convention, that's how they beat him. No question about it. Thanks, everybody. For we hold time. these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.